0: Welcome to the Faith in Chai podcast, a space for real conversations at the intersection of faith and South Asian culture. I am Caroline Lancaster.
1: And I am Kevin Wilson. We are your co-hosts, and this season we are talking about our "What will people think?" moments. Many of us have felt it, which is the 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 undercurrent of shame in South Asian cultures that shape how we view ourselves, others, and the world. So, this season, Caroline and I have been processing our own "What will people think?" moments and how our faith as Christians has impacted our journey.
0: So, make yourself a cup of chai. Imagine joining us in the living room and
1: let's talk. Our what will people think moment today is my family has a secret. And nothing quite epitomizes the (laughs) what will people think anxiety and the reality of family secrets, especially in South Asian Mm -hmm. cultures. I mean, when we look into our families and if you're South Asian, you know what I'm talking about. There are things that other people don't know about us Mm -hmm. and our families. Things like addictions, mental health issues, Mm -hmm. domestic violence, abuse, debt, divorce, Mm -hmm. sickness. I mean, the list goes on and on. We want to jump into that today.
0: I feel like it is so normal for South Asians to have secrets. And even from like a young age, I don't think this is typical of other families, that it's just a part of what it means to be a South Asian kid is that you just have secrets. Like I have memories of maybe being in elementary school and keeping secrets from my parents. And sometimes it's small things like my parents would leave me and the kids home alone, me and my siblings. I was the youngest. My This is when my sister must have been in high school or middle school. And we were not allowed to watch TV, but you know what we did right when that garage closed, we turned on the TV. And when we heard it open again, we would like turn it off and run and read books um, and pretend like we weren't watching TV the whole time. Except I had one of those old school TVs that like had static sound after you turned it off and would still feel warm. And so my parents would just come and check like stuff like that or like, Sneaking Halloween candy, like, even when we weren't supposed to eat it. So things like that where I'm like, I don't think we would have gotten in a ton of trouble. But maybe that was my motivation for keeping secrets. But the secrets just got bigger as I got older. And sometimes they were more important. Sometimes they were still small. Like, I don't think my in college, you know, nobody needs to know what time I actually got back to my dorm room. It didn't feel like a secret, but it was still like a thing that, you know, I'm keeping to myself. But that just feels like so normal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's so so crazy that you say that. uh, Because, you know, Kylie and I, my sister and I, you know, we kept secrets from our parents all the time. At such an early age, we became this tight team. And I remember going through stuff and, and hearing things from like maybe a family member fought with another family member. But then Kylie and I knew about it and we were like, okay, we should not tell this to our mind that, you know, we should, we should, Mm. we should kind of keep it to ourselves. Because part of the reason I think is, is because we didn't want to trouble them. You know, they were, they were already burdened. They were already going through their own stuff. And so Kylie and I at an early age, we were just like, okay, let's just, you know, just keep it to keep it between ourselves. And we didn't even have to voice it. You know, we just kind of knew, okay. The less we tell to our parents about like the tough stuff, the better it is for everybody. (laughs) Because then it becomes an issue and it's like something that you deal with. And we also kind of saw how, you know, some of our family members reacted to some of these things and we were like, no, Mm -hmm. we don't we don't have time for all that stuff. So let's see if we can fix it, let's just fix it. If we can keep it to ourselves, let's just keep it to ourselves.
0: It's like the goal is to maintain peace in the household. And even if that means you Keep something to yourself that you probably should have communicated or passed on. Or we just make these choices so that we can try to live as peacefully as possible. Because you know that we're going to get yelled at either way right. by our family members. So might as well reduce the number of times that that happens.
1: So the more I think about it, I'm just kind of wondering, like, what what is the draw to secret keeping in our culture as a mm. whole? Because we talked about our families. We talked about our individual experiences. But I'm thinking about South Asians as a whole yeah. and obviously like like we say this in every single episode what we share and what we talk about is not representative of all south Asians across the board
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. this thing about secret keeping it, it seems like it's so endemic to our uh, cultures so yeah like why do you think that this is such a issue in our in our culture
0: i think we've been picking up on this on similar themes in previous episodes because what immediately comes to mind where you, when you bring up like, why are South Asian communities like this? Why do we keep secrets? Is some of the TV shows that we've seen this past year, like Indian matchmaking, where it comes down to like marriage ability. It comes back to how other families will perceive your family. It comes down to like trying to save face in our, on our shame culture mm-hmm. of putting up a particular external understanding of who we and our families are. And in South Asian communities, it's like you can't really ever be your own person. It takes a lot of work and time. And sometimes, you know, like being old enough to leave your own home to start being your own person. But we still, who we are is so interconnected and attached to our family units or our community unit.
1: So it's almost like who I am is determined by who they think we are. Right. Not just who they think I am, but who they think we are as a collective. Yeah. And I think that plays such a huge role in why we are so reluctant to, to be vulnerable. So you're talking about Indian matchmaking and I read this article about where are the, where are the couples now? All the couples in Indian oh, matchmaking, yeah. where are they now? And I don't know if you remember this guy, Akshay. And oh, uh, if, you, if you see... Oh my
0: gosh. I
1: hated him <laughs> okay, You know who they I
0: hated him. I probably could have guessed that it was not going to last. <laughs> yeah, because of him. Yeah,. He
1: was an interesting dude for sure. And so apparently, I don't know if I'm mistaken, but like none of, the, none of the marriages actually materialized, right from that show.:
0: Oh wow. I
1: don't think any of it actually was successful. I'm not sure though, I need right. to fact-check this. But I know for a fact that this guy's situation did not work out. So when I looked at that particular episode, it looked like they were one of the few couples that were almost getting close to actually getting married.
0: Right, yeah. But
1: they canceled the engagement. And this is a direct quote from this guy. This is the reason why he didn't get married to, this, uh, to, to, to that girl. He said that there were some things which we found out that did not go down well with us. And I eventually called it off. Oh. And then he's then he goes on to say this, and this is interesting. He says, I'd rather wait and be with the correct person than be stuck with the wrong person. So I'm single right now and still looking for the right one. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so it's interesting this, just in that like two lines, he made this huge leap between finding things out from this person and mm-hmm. and just saying, okay, because we found some things, that means that this person is the wrong person. You know, right. as opposed to saying, Hey, we, we're trying to work some stuff out. It goes to again, reiterate this fact that like, when it comes to our cultures, we are so threatened by our secrets, right. partly because, because that they define us, you know, these secrets yeah. that we keep, they tend to define identities, mm-hmm. not just identities, but the identities of our families. And so that okay. just compounds the shame, right? Because it's not mm-hmm. just about me anymore. It's, it's not about my needs anymore. As my parents' reputation, my mom's reputation, and all these other people's reputation at stake.
0: Yeah. What you named about it defining us, that feels key. Because it's almost like we can't let some of these secrets come out because people will not be able to see past those things to our humanity. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it is hard. Like Vyasar had Vassar Vyasser, I don't remember how to pronounce his name. He was the one whose dad was incarcerated, right? And like, he w- was such a sweet spirit. He was a teacher. I'm like, this guy is so nice and so awesome. And he understandably had fear of how people would perceive him and, and receive him because of his family story and because his parents are separated. But it just sucked that that proved to be true in some ways. And we did see like through his dating experience that someone did get to know him for him, but I think it was only on that show that he actually shared that with his friends. And that that's kind of like a, a bigger secret to keep, but I can relate on a smaller scale or under, even understand on a smaller level, that fear of like, will this cost me relationships if people know this about me, if people th- know this about my family, even if I want to have a sense of like, I'm a little bit separated from this, but at the same time I might just be as messy and have just as many issues as like the issues that my family comes with, you know. But then we we trick ourselves into thinking that there are South Asians that exist that do not have any issues. Mm. And there are South <laughs> Asians that come from families that do not have any issues. And that's just not true. Like okay. we are all messed up and our families are messed up in their own unique and beautiful ways and it it is challenging that some of those ways are more socially acceptable than others like it's a lot easier to hide or not speak of abuse but things like divorce are so like obvious or so visible to other people you know what i mean or hide things like debt when like going through a sickness or going through cancer, like that's visible to other people. So it's hard when we don't have, sometimes we don't have the choice of keeping a secret. Like they are, are put out there for us.
1: Yeah. No, that's so good. That is so good. And, you know, hearing you talk about this thing also reminds me of how much the model minority myth <laughs> plays a role into why we keep secrets. So. For those of you listening, model minority myth basically is the idea that, that Asian Americans are this polite, law abiding group who have achieved a higher level of success than, than most people, than Mm. the general population, because they've worked hard, because Mm. they've Mm. used what they have with a little bit of, you know, money that they have. You know, you know that typical immigrant story, right? Like, Like I came to America with like, you know, a mm-hmm. hundred bucks in my in my pocket. And they made oh, it work that. and they pulled themselves up their bootstraps. And so they did well. And so they end up becoming uh, lawyers or, you know, uh, doctors. And so there's this kind of myth about Asian Americans that's so alive in this country, mm-hmm. in America. I'm not sure about if it's true in the other parts of the West, although I won't be surprised if it is. So people historically have used this myth to minimize uh, racism, racism against African-Americans in this country. They said, oh, you know, look at these guys, you know, they're immigrants from Jamaica. You should be, so, you know, don't complain, you know, you should be doing better, you know, like them, you know, oh, this guy from India, look at how he's doing. You know, you should be, you have the same access to stuff and so you should be doing better.
0: If America can treat us like this then they should be able to treat you like this so it must be that there's something inherently wrong with you that you're not being treated well that's sometimes how our communities can talk about issues of racial disparity
1: Exactly exactly so i think most people and most south Asians i would say immigrants we internalize this myth of of success and perfection to mm-hmm. the extent that it paralyzes us from being vulnerable mm-hmm. You know, it prevents us from going to places like therapy. You know, it yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah you don't want to I I you know, honestly, I can't think of the last time I heard like a fellow South Asian, apart from my close circle, who's said stuff like, Hey yeah, man, like I'm going through this or like I'm struggling with this. Or, you know, obviously they won't share everything with like everybody will but it's usually people from uh, other races, mm-hmm. in, at least in my experiences, who've been, who have like mm-hmm. normalized things like therapy, uh, who have normalized things like getting help and assistance. So yeah, so, so I think that definitely plays a huge role in, in why we keep secrets and why we let these things fester and grow mold in our beings. And it's only a matter of time mm-hmm. till they start to stink up. And by the time it happens, mm. it's already too late.
0: <laughs> so right. it's sad. That's so real, that word about vulnerability because of the narratives that we feel like we have to uphold uh, or the stereotypes that we feel like we have to fit. And on one hand, I mean, I think that the awareness in the US of South Asians and their stories are increasing, but we represent such a huge diversity of experiences and beliefs and religions and even immigration experiences. So the story that people are learning about or the assumptions or stereotypes about South Asians are like, they're geniuses, right? Like they win all the spelling bees. They are doctors and engineers. And if you, your family doesn't fit into that particular story, then you might feel the pressure to keep secrets. Like Mm. Sundar Pichai is like the CEO of freaking Google, you know, like (laughs) people are everywhere. So if your father or your mother is working at a gas station if you are on food stamps, if you live in an apartment, you know, like if you have to take the bus, like there are things that might make us feel like we need to keep secrets about, like if if your dad's a stay-at-home dad, you know, like things that we don't feel like fit into South Asian stories and narratives that we kind of feel like we should not reveal to Mm -hmm. others because it just, it's not allowed. Like what, we're afraid of what people will think. And we're afraid of, We're afraid of what people will think. And I think there's the way that South Asians have defined what it means to have value is too attached to these external things. It's too attached to what our job is, how much money we make. If we can put out a particular front, you know, like where our kids got into school, it's so wrapped up in these things.
1: Yeah. That's so good, Caroline. As I'm listening to you, and as we've been processing about this episode, there are stories that we want to share. There's, there are things that, uh, that are in our families that are part of our stories. Mm-hmm. And as I think about it, I'm like, wow. Yeah, just, I, I'm just feeling the weight and the, the burden of, of the stuff that, that we carry, at least my own family. I'm saying this to let people know like this is, this is such a real thing. And this is a heavy thing, especially especially if you, you are you are South Asian from uh, from that part of the world.
0: Right. I'm like this perfectly demonstrates what this episode is about, that Kevin and I don't even feel comfortable sharing certain secrets. Like as much as we've wanted to lean into vulnerability and openness, we just can't go there. And it is interesting, though, because both of us have had experiences where hearing stories, honest stories from other South Asians about what's really happened, like the secrets that they've carried or things that are happening in their families have helped us personally process our own family secrets, our own ish, our, the, the things that have happened or the things that we carry. So there is something significant about Naming it and sharing it in appropriate context with people that you trust, that even in a small way, it does not have to be like crazy public like this on a podcast, but in a small way it is incredibly healing.
1: Right. No, absolutely, Caroline. This has been introspective mm-hmm. to me too. Like, I'm just thinking about some of the things that I want to share with my parents, and I haven't because. The stories that I've been telling myself, like okay, well they're in a different part of the mm. world. What are they going to do about this? You know, if I share this with them, how they 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 don't know how else to respond. So they're going to be you know even more stressed out as it is they're stressed out because their son is in a different part of the world. But I am still inspired to share some things in from my own life uh, with with them, and I'm also reminded of the the few times that I've shared in the last few years with my parents and how that experience has turned out. And it's actually, for me at least, it's been a very positive experience. A painful experience, but a positive experience. Mm. You know, I opened up to my dad about some stuff, opened up to my mom about some stuff. And at least in this stage of my life, I just felt like it was just a really good time for me to do it. And I'm just so thankful that God just created this healing space for for me and my families to to share some of these things that we've kept hidden and so yeah again you know if you're listening to this episode it's very important uh, that that you have people that you trust that you have friends that you that you're close with we're not telling you what to do but there is healing there is hope when when light is shed on some of these some of these areas
0: yeah I think the question that is sitting with me from our conversation that I need to process more is what, like, what are we afraid of? Because I think the intuitive answer to that question, what are we afraid of if we share these things, is what will people think? And there's so much implied in that, you know, like, we're afraid of what people will think. And we, we've we slowly unpacked that. But I'm like, what am, what am I afraid of? And what do I feel like it will cost if I share this part of who I am or share this part of my family or share this part of my community. And some of it is like acceptance, you know, even in the things that I'm choosing not to share here, there's a sense of wanting to honor my family, honor my community. There are stories that are not mine to share and there are stories that might still be live. So I think that is a good and appropriate way of leaning into the honor aspect of an honor shame culture. But then there are other things where. Yeah, the defining aspect, what we named comes back. Like, I don't want to be defined by this thing, but I need to sit with that more. Like, what am I afraid of? What am I afraid of at the end of the day?
1: Yeah, wow. We've, man, we've covered so much in this episode. My goodness. And that's such a great question to even just land the plane on. Like, what are you really afraid of? Like, what are what are your fears? I'm, I know for a fact that I'm going to be thinking about that today. But before I think about it, I think we should get into our biscuit break.
0: We will go get some biscuits and be right back. All right, Kevin. We're about to spill some chai and get into some of the secrets we have kept from our families or that our families have kept from us.
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> These are not <my> confessions.
1: Oh. <laughs> okay, so like this is not… I don't think this is like a crazy crazy thing that I did but it's illegal enough that it's a, it's become oh a secret. Oh my
0: gosh. Okay,
1: <laughs> okay, wait. So
0: you don't have to go there there. I was thinking like okay. Yeah, this I was this thinking is like this something is pretty a illegal. little more so, low key. Yeah, we're exactly. going. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Eline and I and we were part of this kind of little group of students at Andrews, in our special in college called the La Familia. And we would do busy stuff. It was just a rowdy group. And this one time, we went to the movie theaters. And then we decided, okay, we're going to see how many movies we can see with like one ticket. that's <laughs> 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 so on that's so
0: much better. <laughs> I feel so much better. We yeah. can all release the breath that we've been holding as we work I <laughs> you know, I together. know it's not crazy. Continue but, your story. <laughs>
1: so yeah, we started. We planned this whole thing Sunday morning, and we we went to the to the movie theaters, and then we watched like five movies back to back. We we somehow sneaked our way into like different movies. That's amazing. One ticket. <laughs> and by the time we came back to our dorms, it was like I think seven or eight o'clock at night. And uh, I don't know how we were able
0: to... What was your strategy? Did you all move as a group or were you like split up? Like go to the bathroom, we'll meet in theater number two. Yeah,
1: we split up. We split up and (laughs) we went from place to place. And it was just a a lot of strategy involved.
0: Okay, you would know that the movie theater people 100% knew what you were doing.
1: No, they didn't. How come? No.
0: Okay, you are so distinctive. I feel like people would see if you were around for five hours. <laughs> Maybe,
1: but if they it caught us, like
0: thought, in the middle of Michigan,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But like, if they caught us, though, but we would probably have they would have blacklisted all of us. But they didn't, so we just kind of assumed that they didn't see us.
0: Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. That's my I secret like that mom story. and
1: dad. Or <laughs> oh, one of them.
0: What, something that comes to mind for me is like a silly secret. Not a silly secret, but it was… I, it became a secret because my parents withheld information from me. So it was only as an adult that I learned that both of my parents were not born in India. What? <laughs> As an adult, I was like, wait, what does that make me? (laughs) (laughs) I had this, like, whole identity unraveling, but it, like, they just never shared enough of their story or history for it to come out. But my dad, like, straight up grew up in Singapore. And also, I don't know why I didn't know this, because I still have family in Singapore, and my uncles lived in Singapore. So I should have, like, maybe used a little more logic, but... I just didn't know but they were that's a fun fact my parents were third culture kids before those were a thing
1: right OG third culture kids
0: I would love to hear from our listeners some of the like dumbest secrets that they've kept from their families like maybe secrets that they didn't really need to stay as a secret but for some reason they did
1: yes (laughs) yes Yes, that'll be really cool. So, Caroline, you know, we've come to the end of season two. Is that crazy?
0: This is the last episode.
1: <gasps> it is nuts. and It is crazy. Yeah, it really feels like we've had, you know, you've said this before. Like, we had this one long conversation in, like, different sections.
0: I've loved this season. Honestly, I thought, could it get any better than season one? Because I loved last season, but I have also loved this season. And I hope that's been our experience for our listeners as well. We would love if you could leave a review. I think the only place to do it is on Apple Podcasts, but that will really help other people vet this podcast and decide to listen to it for themselves.
1: And we will keep you guys posted on updates You know, with on our Instagram. So definitely subscribe to the podcast, but follow our Instagram at Faith and Chai, subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends. Come on, you have to share these episodes with your friends. And also, you know, DM us. Like if you thought like some episode was meaningful yes. to you, it spoke to you in a certain way. We love, we absolutely love hearing from you. And I can't tell you how many mm-hmm. DMs we've received, Caroline has received about you know, from, from different parts of the world, really. Just saying things like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: man, that was, that was exactly what I needed to hear. Or oh, that really impacted us. Please keep them coming. We love to hear those things. That's super nice. See you next season, but keep, we'll keep you posted though. Don't leave. Stick around. Follow us, Faith and Jai on Instagram. Appreciate you. Take care and God bless.